praise you. Lord, we do thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power, your anointing. We thank you for your word. We are thankful, Lord, for all the many blessings that you've given us, all the things that you've given us. And we just give you praise and glory and honor for that this morning. Lord, as we think about your love and how it knows no end, Father, it's forever and ever. It lasts forever and ever. Unlike earthly love that comes and goes, your love lasts forever. We just thank you for that. We praise you, Lord, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious holy name, and everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I was thinking, standing there as we were singing and just thinking about, you know, what am I really thankful for? Um, Peggy, every year, puts she's got this jar, and she asked me the other day, had I put anything in it? She had just put it out. Thanksgiving, she puts it out, and it's what I'm thankful for. We're supposed to write a note and stick it in there. Well, I hadn't done mine yet, but I'm going to do it today. Um, but, you know, when we begin to think about what we're thankful for, think about what God has given us. And, and as Darren said, you know, you think about other people around the world. And, but what we need to learn to do is not focus on the things that are happening that aren't great, but the things that God is doing. God is always doing something. He's always doing something inside of us if we will allow him to do that. And as we've been studying the last few weeks, we've been on uh, our vision statement, which is serving, fellowshipping, and growing. And, you know, I was thinking about how much these just intermingle. Serving and fellowshipping and growing, all that just kind of meshes together. And when God gave us this, you know, it's amazing how awesome God is. And he knows what he, and so this morning, of course, we're talking about growing. We did serving and fellowshipping, how important it is. And, and then as we finish up today on growing, you know, we need to thank God for growth. And, and this morning I'm going to be really focusing on Individually, because I believe as we individually grow, then corporately we can grow more. But we have to get it started in here, right? And we have to allow God to work inside of us so that we can grow and we can grow. And not just, not physically, just, but spiritually. I'm going to be hitting a lot on the spiritual side of it. So, you know, God, His Word um, challenges us, challenges who we are, who we were. And who he wants us to be. And, you know, it's easy to um, get comfortable in where you're at. Right? Get comfortable in that. Um, you accept Christ and then you learn some stuff and then you kind of like, well, you know, I've learned a good bit. And you just kind of sit back and you kind of get comfortable. And, and you, 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 you're not reaching out like you should be. You're not sharing your faith maybe like you should be. You're just kind of comfortable in what's going on with you and, and God. And you're kind of comfortable where you're at and what you're doing. And so um, what the problem with that 
And so when you get comfortable, you, come, you, you, you come in danger with becoming lukewarm or like salt losing its flavor. You, you just, you know, I don't know if I've ever experienced that, but if just say you got your salt shaker and you just got a hold of something that you'd really thought needed a little bit of salt because it was just really bland, right? And different people have different tastes as far as that's concerned. Peggy loves salt way more than I do. And I can eat something and think it's fine. She's like, you've got to have a little salt. And, um, but could you imagine picking up that, you got this big salt shaker, and sprinkle it all over and it changes nothing. Then you shake some more and it's still the same. And you make it look like snow on top of whatever you're eating and it still doesn't taste. You'd be like, I'm throwing this away. It's, it's no good. Well, see, we don't need to get that way. We don't need to lose our flavor. We don't need to lose our excitement. We need to grow in Christ to the point that we're, we're so excited about the more that we can learn about him. And so this morning we need to, to um, concentrate on that. You know, and, and concentrate on us sharing our faith. I think that's a, you know, if, if we want to grow physically, we in each individually need to be sharing our faith. We need to have a good testimony just by the way we live, the way our light shines. We got enough flavor in us that people are like, man, that, that, that's good. Right? That's what we need to be. And the Bible talks about not, not being hot or cold. You're lukewarm. In Revelation, it talks about that. And so we need to focus on that more than contributions, more than we do this and we do missions work here and we do missions work there. Well, we got missions work right in our community where we live, right around us, right here as a church, individually where we live. You might say, well, I don't live that close to the church. That doesn't matter. Where you live, right? You need to be sharing. You, you need to be a light in your community. And when you become a light in your community, people will want to know what it is about you. You know, you ever had anybody back in the 70s? I was working a job and I um, had a guy I went to school with. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, about probably about four years, three or four years, and he, he came to work there. And, he was talk, and one day I saw him, and I started talking to him, and he said, what it is it about you? Just something different. Well, I had a new Christ at that time, and he wanted to know what it was. He said, you're just so much different. He noticed the difference in me, and guess what? It was Jesus. I got to share my, who I, what it, the reason. Somebody ought to want to know the reason you're like you're at, you are, and you need to be able to say it's Jesus. So this morning as we're talking about growing, I got a good question. How important is it to grow? Because if you don't grow in your relationship with Christ, you know, it's, it's, it's more than salvation. It's, it's a continual. You'll never stop growing. Physically, we never stop growing, Right? I mean, we reproduce cells, we produce skin cells, we do all this stuff. Uh, you know, some of us get bigger and bigger. Our hair keeps growing, right? Most of you in here go get a haircut. There are a few people that don't have to do that too much. But <laughs> we've got somebody raising their hand. 
So how is important is it for you to grow? If you don't grow, guess what? You'll die. Right? Peggy just tearfully had to get rid of all her flowers that were out there because between the cold weather and the, the frost, and she's like, Do I really, I, I got to get rid of them. I said, it's okay. Guess what? Next year, there'll be more, and it'll be pretty again. And, and, and of course, you know, when it comes to decorations, she's, she can trade that out. It's okay. We spent two days doing that. That's just outside. But two partial days, I should say. So, but if you don't grow in wisdom and understanding, there's some things that you can't. This is some things that growth does for us. If you don't grow, these are things that you can't do too. So I want to kind of make it a yes and no thing. You can and you can't. First of all, you can't live a life that's pleasing to Jesus. You can't live a life that's pleasing to God if you're not growing in spirit and knowledge in all those areas. You can't live a life. In other words, you can't please him. In other words, he's not going to be pleased with it. He's not going to be mad at you, but he's just not going to be pleased. Don't you want to please the people that you love? Right? Not that you're concerned about them being mad, but you just you want to please them. You want to be that for them. You won't bear good fruit. Guess what? Everybody bears fruit, whether it's good or bad, right? There are trees. There are you know, all kinds of plants and all kinds of vegetables and all kinds of things. They bear fruit, either good or bad. Right? And we won't be able to understand God's fullness. We won't be understanding of how when we're full of God, when we're, we're understanding him, we understand more about who he is, more about the fullness that he gives us, gives us life and life more abundantly, right? And if you don't do that, you, you'll find yourself weak and you'll find yourself Failing and, and you'll be impatient. Wow, I just don't understand. I don't understand why God don't do this. How much time have you spent? How much time are you doing? Are you, are you seeking God? So what do you need? We need to do. We need to pursue Christ and grow in Him. Right? That's the solution. That's what we need to do. You want to know how to get past these things? Pursue Christ. Go after Him. Pursue Him and grow in Him. You have to, if you want to grow, you got to feed whatever it is the right stuff, right? you got to feed it the right stuff. If you want your flowers to grow, there's certain things you give them. Peggy mixes this stuff with her, and she pours them on them every so often, and then she waters them. Watering is very important. Um, and, and giving them food, this right kind of food. You know, my, my part of my family were farmers. My granddaddy was a farmer, and my dad, they lived on a farm when they were um when he was younger and um I watched my granddaddy he could grow one of the things that I remember my granddaddy was he grew the best cantaloupes and watermelons that I'd ever eaten the cantaloupes were I, I've never had a don't know how many cantaloupes I've had since then you know half these you buy in the store they taste like a cucumber with a little bit of sweet but but he, his were like just bursting with sweetness do you know what? He knew how to, he knew when to plow them. He knew what to do. He used to put, I think he called it soda. I guess it was, I think it was nitrogen or something. But he did that at the right time. 
to make them grow right. And when his cantaloupes were big and pretty and awesome, he knew what to do. So we have to pursue Christ and we grow in him. I want to read a scripture to you out of Colossians beginning. It's Colossians 1 beginning in verse 9. It says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. You know, that's a good thing to make sure we're praying for each other, right? Paul said, I hadn't stopped, told the Colossians, I haven't stopped praying about you since I heard about your salvation, since I heard about you. I haven't stopped. It's good to have people praying for us. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. So what he's praying, that's what we need to be praying for each other, that God would give us complete knowledge of his will, know what his will is, right? And we can't know his will if we don't spend time with him. And the spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Not just this and that, but every kind of good fruit. The way we live, it, when we do that, when we pursue God, when we, we will give God honor and we will please him. Like I said, you can't please God without. We will please him. And then it says, all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So as you know how much you know about God, how well you know God, how much time you spend with him, will make you grow, will help you grow. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. We'll get strength. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. I want to say if you thought, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for this Thanksgiving, if we were with the Father, if we're pursuing him, we're growing in him, We'll have joy, and we'll thank God for it. You know, you can have joy no matter what's going on. There were, you know, I, I went to like to three funerals this week, and, and I thought about each time. But you know what? Um, I saw in the families, especially in one, the joy. Not the joy that they're gone, but the joy of the, the life that they lived, the celebration, was awesome. Because it was depicted the life that they lived in Christ, how they blessed people. Um, Robert's grandma, I mean, she was a special lady. She was known as Mama Clark. She had a daycare and no telling how, what, for 50 years, I think, or something like that. No telling how many years how many kids in those years, and she did it in her home for the most part until the last few years. She fed them, she clothed them, she, I mean, she did everything. And, and, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but anyway, there's one little story. I thought Because I, I think that it's great to thank God for her life. And one of the things they said that, that, that the kids respected her so much that there was a... a a couple in a restaurant with a little kid, I don't know, three or four years old maybe. And they didn't know she was in the restaurant, but she was. And the little kid started cutting up, and I don't know if they couldn't get her to stop or whatever. And Mama Clark walked over and just put her hand on her shoulder and said, what's this all about? And said she was great the rest of the time. She knew that. And those people were thankful for her influence into those children. So we can be thankful 
for so many things. You know, I'm thankful for what God has done in my life and the influences people have had in my and the influence she had in my life. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people and to live in the light. We, we share in the inheritance and we live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son and purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So guess what? Spiritual growth is what God wants for all of us. For every one of his children. He wants us to grow spiritually. So the increase of spiritual wisdom and understanding, that's what we're talking about this morning. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about growth. Spirit, not, not just physically. When the in, when this, our statement I found says, when this increase is accomplished in the context of relationship with the Lord, this is spiritual growth for the Christian. When it's in the context of our relationship, it's all about our relationship with him. That, that's, that, that feeds the growth that we need to be in. It's, it, when we grow as a couple, when we're married, the relationship, right? That relationship is what feel, feeds the, the growth. That's what makes us grow. So what do we want to do? Because of this, what can we do? We live a life, we live a life that's pleasing to God. When we know Christ, when we grow, when we, our relationship with Him is solid, and we, we make sure we have a relationship with him. He's, he's pleased. We can live a life that's pleased. Don't you want to live a life that's pleasing to God? Guess what? We can bear good fruit. Not bad fruit, but good fruit. And as I said a while ago, we all bear fruit, but what kind do you bear? You bearing good fruit? Are you bearing bad and good? Are you bearing good fruit? Or is there good fruit that follows you? Are the people seeing your life good fruit? If you want to be a witness, you need to bear good fruit. If you want people to, to, to come to Christ, you've got to bear good fruit. You can go and tell them all that you want to that they need Christ, but if they don't see that good fruit in your life, they're going to be like, well, they're just running off at the mouth. And we can have understanding and knowledge. When we pursue this growth, when we grow in Christ, when we pursue this relationship, he gives us understanding and knowledge of his word. We can understand sometimes things that we don't understand naturally. We know in the spirit. Well, I understand that God is who he says he is, that God is in control. You know, I say a lot of times, God's in control of whatever we let him be control of in our lives. And when things happen that we didn't want to or didn't plan, okay, Lord, I don't know why this happened, and maybe it's my fault or maybe it's not. But guess what? You're going to bring me through it. Amen? You will bring me through it. And guess what it says in the Scripture, too? We gain strength through growth. Where does it come from? His power. Strength from Him. Our strength comes from Him. When you need strength, 
comes from him. We need to be seeking him and seeking his power and growing in his knowledge. The more you know about the word, the more you know, hey, this is where my power comes from. This is where my strength comes from. My strength is not in me. (laughs) It's not in because I know. It's not in the fact that I know some things. It's in the fact that I know who is the provider of the things. I know who my God is, and I know that my strength comes from him and from him alone. You know, we have to be kind of careful in that place right there. We have to realize that we don't get too heady. We'll talk about head knowledge in a few minutes. But in other words, it's not about what we have here. It's about what we have here that changes what we have here, mixes together, and gives us strength. Amen? And then it says in that scripture in Colossians that it gives us endurance and patience. How many of you need some impatience, some patience? <laughs> and you need endurance. You know, there are things that, that, that we're going through sometimes that like, Lord... I need, your, I need some endurance. I've I, I got to get through this, and I'm going to get through this, but it's, 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 it's been a long time. But when we know his strength, when we know his power, guess what? We can make it through it, no matter how hard it is, no matter when the little snippet in our ear, just give up. Let's just quit. Just stop. We can't. We have to end, have endurance and patience. And when we do all of this, guess what? It enhances our worship to him. When you know more about Christ, your worship will be better. In other words, you, you will worship because not because of you just love the music or you just love this or you just love being by yourself and, and hearing your mouth speak. No, you worship him because you understand. You worship from an understanding of the gospel You worship from an understanding of the word and of his knowledge, and you worship because of that. I worship sometimes when I don't, in my flesh, feel like worshiping, but I worship from the understanding I have of who he is. And I lift my hands, and, you know, the the times when I'm like, could I just sit down and not do this? I mean, there have been times, does that never run through your head before? Like, kind of like, you know, like, no, no. I worship because I know who my God is. I don't worship because I feel like it or for I don't feel like it or whatever. I worship him because I love him. And I understand who he is. I understand he means well for me. Amen? He loves me. I want to see some smiles. I've got some serious looks out there. I want to know that you're hearing And then in Colossians 1, 24 through 29, this is Paul still speaking to the Colossians. He says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. So we get back mingled in with the serving part. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to who? God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for the Gentiles too. 
So he's saying, you know, this, this, this secret of the gospel, this mystery has been revealed. And the mystery is what? That Christ. The mystery is that Christ came. Christ is coming. Christ has come for us. And this is the secret, it says. Christ lives in you. This is the mystery. This is what makes it work. Is Christ living in you. All the years that, 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 that God's people tried to make it work through the law and through all these things, it took, takes Christ living in you. Christ living in me, living in you. That's the secret. How do I do this? Allow Christ to live in you. Allow Christ to live through you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom he has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. So we have a calling, every one of us upon our lives, to, to share the gospel. You want to grow? Share the gospel. You want to grow? Share who Jesus is. By us doing that, we can, we can grow. You know what? And things like that, when you begin to see God work in people's lives, it strengthens you. Right? It makes you want to worship him more. It enhances who you are. It enhances the worship. And you know what? you got a lot of flavor going on in that salt. Don't take but a little bit. It does the work. It's because you're working it. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Paul says, this is the reason I do what I do. This is the reason I work. This is the reason when I go, if I'm in prison or wherever I'm at, I'm still working hard for Christ. So all these, this, these things are a result of a Christ life like life. That's a result. See, God's agenda for us is to make us in the image of his son. We accept him, but he wants us to make us in the image. And the way he can make us is if we, when we study, when we learn more. So I'll ask you a question. Do you want to grow into being Christ-like? See, that should be our goal. Not to do this or to get this or to be the greatest person on the block. The biggest church on the block. The biggest whatever. No, it's to be Christ-like. The word also says when you lift up Jesus, men will be drawn. So we need to lift up Christ. So I want to talk to you about three different areas of our life that we can know Christ and we need to be working in. The first one is in the love area, the heart area. The heart area. How much do you... Do you love God? You know what did Jesus ask Peter? It's in John 21, 15 through 17. You don't have to go there. I'm not going to read the whole script. It just says, but Peter, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And he kept saying, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Of all the things that Jesus could have asked Peter, do you love me? And he didn't ask that because 
he denied him when the rooster crowed. What he's saying is, if you really want to be what I've called you to be, love me. We should, we should have an adoration for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going into the season of Christmas, the season when we, we focus on the birth of Jesus Christ. And we sing, oh, come let us adore him. <laughs> do you really adore him or do you just sing that song because it's pretty? Oh, come let us adore him. Do you just sing it because it's a pretty tune and you love the words? Or do you sing it because you really do adore him? Adoration is a crazy kind of love. <laughs> it changes who we are foundationally. It changes who we are. And that's what Jesus was asking Peter. Do you love me? Do you, do, has there been a change in your life? Is, have you got the kind of adoration for me that you're willing to do whatever it takes? And then I want to go to Revelation. Like, Pastor Bill, what are you going to Revelation for? I want you to hear this. Because th this love thing is very important. Revelation 2, 2 through 5 says, I know all the things you do. Hope that's not news to you. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I, don't, I know you don't tolerate evil, evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. Here he's just listing all these things that they have done. They have done this. They have done that. They have done some great things. But he said, I got one thing against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Some texts say you've lost your first love. So you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So what I want to say is if we're doing these things not out of love, out of service just only, or out of, we think that's what we ought to do. But you do it because you love Christ. You do it out of love. And he goes on and says, if you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. That's some pretty stout stuff. And it's all about the first love. Do you love Jesus as much as you did when you first got saved? I hope more. You know, when you first got saved, you're so excited about the change in your life. I had someone recently to ask me about kind of about that. It was exciting. Because, I, I, you know, there were a lot of stuff dropped off of me. Really and truly, there did. There were a lot of things. And as we journey, it keeps dropping off. You remember um, Pilgrim's Progress? I saw a movie about it. I wish I could find that movie. It was awesome. And he's climbing a mountain, and things keep falling off his back and falling off his back. And the further he gets, more things fall off. But, you know, there were a lot of things that fell off my back immediately. And you know what? That was my depression, my disdain for who I was. And it was replaced with the joy of Jesus Christ in my life. And I loved him so much, and I still love him today. 
We cannot lose that first love. We can do all these things out of just bondage or out of, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and let's do this and let's do that. And, you know, some people want to go back into that bondage. We don't need to be back in that bondage. We need to remember the love that Christ put upon us and we need to love him and adore him with all that we are. You, have to, you need to grow in your love and not just in your knowledge. Knowledge is great, and we're going to talk about that. But we've got to have love first, and we've got to grow in love and knowledge. See, it's kind of like when all these things are mixed together, they're complete. But one without the other is not complete. You can love and adore Christ all you want to, but if there's no knowledge, that's as far as you can go. When somebody asks you, you say, well, I don't know, I just know I love him. And then the next one is knowledge, or the head. Go from the heart to the head. And as, as it said in Colossians 1.10, I read a while ago, it says, Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So that there's knowledge. We all need to grow in knowledge. We need to know more about God. We need to know more about Him and who He is. And it's through His Word. His Word is who He is. And we'll, I want to give you a little snippet. Hopefully you already know this. But you'll never grow in knowledge to the point where you totally understand God. Right? As long as you're on this earth, you'll never grow that far. If you think you do, then you're in trouble. Because that's when you put knowledge above the heart. The head can never be... The head is above the heart physically. But the heart needs to be above the head. The love, the, the Spirit of God that's inside of us. See, it's actually the opposite of that. The more we grow in knowledge, the more in awe of God we become. When I learn more and more about who God is and who Jesus, I'm like, wow, He is so awesome. I mean, here is somebody, here is God who created all this, and He's willing to just talk to me. <laughs> he's willing to be my friend. He's willing to be. To make things happen for good in my life. And how do we grow in knowledge? We study his word. Study, study, study. And how do we study? We study individually, right? We should all have a time that we read the word. We should all have a time that we study. And then as far as fellowshipping goes, we should gather together to study the word, right? We gather together and we gain from each other. You know, we, we don't only gain from each other, but we can kind of tweak each other. Right? Some of you don't want to be tweaked. We sit under spiritually gifted teachers um, who can help us understand God's Word more. And all this knowledge, as we said, it leads us to worship. 
It leads us to worshiping Him. You know, according to Revelation, <laughs> the elders are sitting around the throne continually casting their crowns off. Even though they earn these crowns, they're throwing them down and say, worthy is the Lord, worthy is the Lamb of God, worthy is Jesus Christ. And it says it's a continual thing. I, I just can't sometimes fathom how that's going to be when we get to heaven and I want to say we'd be raptured, but we'd already been raptured, I suppose. So we stand in his presence. And you know what? That presence will be different than any presence we've ever felt on this earth. And we, talk, we sang about that this morning. But the presence here is still tainted. Does that, you understand what I'm saying? But when we're in that atmosphere, when there's nothing to distract us, that's the, being in the presence of God. And that's going to be so awesome. It's just going to be so awesome. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So when we read His Word, we get knowledge, we understand what's we need to fix what we need to change, how we need to grow, and what areas do we need to grow in. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. It, see, that's the good thing about God's Word. It don't just say, well, you shouldn't do this or whatever. It don't even just come in. It tells us how to do it right, how to change it. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do what? Every good work. Every good work. See, any people can get busy in doing what we call good works. Sometimes it's not really good works. It's just something that satisfies us. Well, I did that. What does your church do? Oh, well, we do this and do that and do that. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not about that. And another part of this, guess what? And if, I'm going to say something. This is physically first. But we must eat in order to grow. Right? If you don't ever eat, you ain't going to grow and you're going to just wither away and die. Right? When you got little children, your mama's a, you need to eat, son. You need to eat, daughter. You know what I'm saying? You're constantly like, eat, eat. You got to eat. You got to eat. If they just sit there and won't eat anything, you're like, you got to eat. And we try to get them to eat good things too, Right? Not just junk things all the time. <laughs> Not just this, this generation. You know what they love, I think, the most is mac and cheese. I see all these little ones. They're like, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Man shall not live on mac and cheese alone. <laughs> you, you turn into a cheese head, and who wants that? Mac and cheese. So we must eat in order to grow. Even the Word talks about this. I'm going to give you one instance in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, the first part of 16a. It says, your words were found and I ate them. <laughs> and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. He, Jeremiah said, I ate them. I devoured them. You know what it takes when you eat something? 
you start digesting. Did you know digestion starts in the mouth? That's what your saliva's for. I'll say it the nice way. It begins to digest your food immediately. Then it goes down into through this process of going through your esophagus and it goes in your stomach, 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 your stomach and through your intestines. And the whole time it's being digested. And what's good is being kept. And what ain't good, as we all know, is being pushed out. Right? And it's the same with God's word. When we begin to eat God's word, that good stuff, we digest all, hopefully we're digesting all of his word because his word is good. It's different than what we put in our bodies. And there are some things that we eat that's pretty much all good. And our body knows what to do with it. Or our spirit man, it, need, you need, it needs to know what to do with it. Right? It needs to know what to do with that good stuff that you're putting into it. So feeding on God's word is a must for spiritual growth. We must feed on God's word if we're going to grow spiritually. Sometimes we get confused. Some people think that growing spiritually is just worshiping and just having a good time. But no, feeding on his word, that's the spiritual growth we need. The spirit mixed with it is good. The worship mixed, mixed with it, it enhances our worship. But it's about knowing his word and knowing the truth of his word. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says, Let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. God, we got to grow. We got to get past that you know there are some some places that that's all that's taught is salvation pretty much and you, you know what that ends up being a lot of baby christians that can't grow they're not in they're not they're not encouraged to grow and i think say this without being critical but Because I've seen this in my lifetime. That will stop people from going up to get saved every other week. And I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just saying we need to know. And I was at a point in my life when I thought that was what I needed to do. So stop. Let's go on over the basic teachings about Christ again again and again. Let's go on instead and become what? Mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Surely we know that. Hopefully we already know that. If you're a new Christian, yes, you need to get that settled in your heart and settled in your mind and know that, that we need to repent from our evil deeds. Whenever we slip up, we need to repent, asking God's forgiveness. You don't need further instruction about baptisms. We don't need to continually talk about if you've already been saved about baptism. We know about that. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. We need to go on to maturity in Christ. In other words, these are what it's calling the basic things, so we need to get that in place. And once we get that in place, let's go on to something different. Amen? And so... God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So when we get past the basics and we begin to get into the the other things, then we go past and we move forward to understanding things further. You know what? 
So what does knowledge do? It causes growth. Knowledge causes us to grow. I want to just quickly, I got this this morning. It's by a man named Alexander John. I'm going to quickly read through them. If you need, I don't have them in my notes or anything. If you say, I'd like to have a copy of those, just let me know and I'll give them. It says the top ten reasons why you should study the Bible. It's by Alexander John. Kind of like sounds like his name's backwards, right? Number one, the Bible is the Word of God. Number two, the Bible answers life's most important questions. It's full of wisdom, guidance, and direction. Amen. The Bible nourishes us spiritually. The Bible encourages us to see ourselves as we are. It's, the Bible talks about being a mirror. It mirrors who we are. We look in that mirror and see who we really are. The Bible brings transformation. Martin Luther said this, The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. And it lays hold of me. The Bible is a source of comfort and hope. When we need comfort, when we need hope, we find it in the Word of God. There are scriptures that go with this that I won't read. The Bible exposes false teaching. You want to know if it's being taught right? Go to the Word and see. Wait a minute. Something's not right about this. It's off. There's something wrong. The Bible empowers us to resist temptation. Just like Jesus did. How did Jesus resist temptations? He quoted God's Word. So if we know God's word, it helps us resist the temptation. D.L. Moody said, sin will keep you from the Bible or the Bible will keep you from sin. Dwight L. Moody said that. A regular diet of God's word will enable the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Regular diet. Not on special occasions. Like we know we have turkey on Thanksgiving. Or we have stuffing or dressing, whichever you have on Thanksgiving. I like it. I need it more often than that. Just have it. The Bible equips us to reach the loss. It prepares us to answer questions that unbelievers might have. It, 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 it gives us um, the way of salvation for mankind, and we can get that. The, the last one, the tenth one, is the Bible prepares us for eternity. John 8, 51 says, I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Awesome. And then the last one is lifestyle or habits. That's what God, the knowledge of God's word creates good habits, right? We all have habits, either bad or good. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So you want to create new habits? Let God transform you. Change the way you think. Apply God's word to the way you think. You can't change it unless you let the Spirit of God come in and you read his word and it changes the way you think. Your old ways. It says, Then you will learn... To know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do you know God's will is good and pleasing and perfect? And you can know what his will is for you. You can um, 
participate in being in goodness and pleasing and perfect? Then you will learn. That's only when you change the way you think. It's only when you renew your mind, it says in some, like in King James, it says renew your mind. I, kinda, I like that and I like change the way you think. It's pretty simple. You know, you, you, sometimes you have to tell your kids that. Well, I don't know, well change the way you think. <laughs> I don't understand that. Change the way you think. You know, in everything that you do, you have to get knowledge and change the way you think. When you think about the way these lights work, there's a way they work. But you have to get knowledge of that. And once you do, you know how they work, right? Electricity, when you learn how you know how it works, you know how it works. You know what to look out for and what not to do. Some people would question me in that. But you know what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Then I want to read this because I think this whole part of this whole thing is very important to fellowshipping with God and fellowshipping with each other. All three of these hinge on that whole thing. In Hebrews 10, 25, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage each other. See, that's part of what fellowship does. We encourage each other in the Word. We encourage each other to, 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 to you know, I want to encourage you to, when you're around other believers, when you're around uh, uh, other people in Image Church, you know, just, you know, what's God telling you right now? Are you encouraged in the Word today? Can I help you with that? Can I encourage you somehow? You, don't ne you never hardly know. So, the vision God has, I think, for everybody, but the things that he had us to focus on as a church is serving. In other words, serving him, doing, being, being at his work, fellowshipping, coming together, praying for each other, loving each other, worshiping together, studying his word together, having meals together, learning each other, loving each other. And then the last one, is growing together. Growing together. Growing individually so we can grow together. Amen? You know, I thank God for what he has given us and his spirit, his anointing, his power. Nothing is more important than growing in Christ. Nothing is more important than maturing in Christ. Just as we physically need to mature, we need to learn how to do things as we're growing up, right? We, from children, you know, if you were left laying in the floor, laying in the bed as a baby, never taught to walk, never taught to talk, never taught anything, I can, I'll say it in this one word in Spanish and then, Nobody will know it but Daphne. <laughs> you know what? We'll all get Gordo. <laughs> we'll all just be Gordo. I showed Daphne when I'm learning my Spanish. It keeps talking about a fat cat. She said, we don't talk like that. 
will just lay there and, and can't do anything. I, you know, as we get older, we need to keep moving. An object in motion stays in motion. If you quit, guess what? You're not going to be able to move. People, I heard some people, well, when I get your age, I don't even know if I'll be able to walk. Well, that's your confession. I'm sorry. But we need to keep moving, right? I do that the best I can. The other day I was, I was talking to Charlotte, I think. Was it at the dinner? We are talking about how many steps. I had almost 18,000 steps by the end of that day. That's a lot of walking, I think. For me it is anyway. I do usually good around 10, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Guys, we need to love each other. We need to serve with each other. We need to fellowship with each other. And we need to grow with each other. Amen? Let's stand this morning. I, as I pray, as we go into this Christmas season, let's seek ways to, to get closer to God. Let's seek ways to share the truth about Jesus Christ. If we're going to celebrate it, let's celebrate it right. Let's share who, who Christ is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Father, I just, you know, I, I'm going to stop right here. If you say, I feel like I've not been growing and maturing, and I'm putting myself in this whole mix like I should be, and I need to focus on that more, I want to ask you to come forward. And we're going to pray together. Amen. Lord, I, I, need to focus, I need to be more focused on growing and maturing in you. I need to be more focused. Thank you, Jesus. I need to be more mature. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for knowing we need to grow. And I'm just going to pray for my brother, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for Robert. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that he, he knows we all need to grow more. And we just pray for him and lift him up. And, Lord, all that you have inside of him will come out and come out in a loving way, the right way. And that you just add to that and begin to grow him and grow him and grow him and mature him. Lord, as his family grows, may he grow in you. May they grow in you, Father. And we just thank you for that, Lord. And while we're here, we just we lift up Amanda to you, Lord. We, we know that she can't be here, Lord. And, and we just pray for, for that baby to, to, to turn and do what it's supposed to. And, and Lord, that, that, that this baby just be such a blessing. Adasah be such a blessing to this family, Lord. We thank you for that. And we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you this morning. Your blessing upon your people. Your word upon your people. Father God, as we grow together with you, just inspire us to reach out to those around us and love on them, Father. No matter what we think about them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ruiz, this Mission Sunday, remember that. We have your offerings. We have the mission buckets in the back. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.